WorldTalkRadio.com, the World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. You listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Power of Water. I'm Sharon Kleina. Many years ago, I was asked if I wanted to do a radio talk show, and I said I would love to do a radio talk show with World Talk Radio, Voice America, and now we're syndicated in Apple iTunes about the power of water. Water is your life, and we need you to join us globally about the subject and the crisis of the endangered problem of water. All over the world, there is subject every day about water. Living in the United States of America, there are challenges of the endangerment of water throughout our country. In Tennessee and Georgia, they're having a concern about what's going on between the two states with one of the rivers that is a tributary into each other's state. Uh, we have over in Colorado and other states worried about water, water. Over in other countries, why do you think they became the sand, the desert sand? Water went away. It's down, diminished. It's down in the aquifers below. Man did not, kind did not did learn quick enough in many parts of the world how to protect and uh, the water. They're, they're dying without water. We're having over 5,000 children die a day in countries of the world that do not have safe, clean water and sanitation. Their mothers are having to get up in the morning or before daybreak, start walking with their jug of water, jugs to go get the water, bring back to survive the family the best they can. I've had the United Nations on here, and we've said, you know, if they fall down and the water should spill, they have to fall, they have to turn around and go back again. They have to. We've had people that have lived around the world that said, their family has to get up in the morning, go get the water, take it back to their home because many of the homes do not have running water. In countries like India, you've got problems during the day with power surges and problems with water. Over in China, because of the particles uh, that are so polluted, we are having, for example, the microscopic water droplets that keep us alive that enable to, uh, uh, our bodies to absorb that oxygen are being endangered with pollution all over the world. Now, you're going to say, well, I live in America. You walk indoors. You have pollution inside your home. Your flora, which is skin shedding, forced air, heating and cooling, insulated windows and walls, keeping it all tight with the moisture problems, a fabrics, and chemicals in the fabrics and we could, and chemicals in all the cleaning agents and we could go on and on and on. Your indoor conditions are also not healthy. Then you go out to other countries of the world like in China and you can have all the money in the world and be so industrious 
and and be able to be, uh, be a success wherever in the world you are. But if you have a lot of pollution in the air, your rivers are polluted, your your clothing is polluted, your walls are polluted. The problem with those micro droplets is that when Earth began to form life and life began, that humidity in the air is your species of moisture level that you must protect to be able to live for the uh, organism of your body and all organism of life to, to survive, fight the diseases, have an immunity protection. It's vital. Think it over. So this show every week will add more and more and more. We've had over 500 guests, and we know that the guests are all compassionate, concerning, dedicated to helping us learn more about our lives. Education, education. Today now we have Alan Seinberg, who's a Ph.D. out of Houston, Texas, Our topic is going to be preventative and holistic health practices and applied clinical nutrition. We're going to talk about nutrition, all right, but he also is a licensed consultant for problems with addiction and other counseling he does. I'm really anxious to talk to Alan because I think there's something that you need to learn about your hydration, your dehydration of the body, and more and the earth is changing every day forever, and how we need to learn to change with our earth along with new education. We're going to listen to our sponsor first, Biologic Aqua Research Center, which I am very proud to be a founder of. That company, Bio Research Center, has given its lives an enormous amounts of investment to study the dehydration of the body. And it is the first company to be able to have handheld portable devices to supplement your air for the skin, your eyes, and for eye irrigation in case of an emergencies. But today we're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist. Did you know that the surface of your eye is 98% water? That if you should touch that eye, that tear film, with an eye drop before you apply the mist, the supplement of thirst quenching, it could cause a trauma and a dehydration. Well, listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, with Just a Mist, that dry eye solution. And we'll be right back with Alan Simberg. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel.
listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. I'm wanting to introduce Dr. Alan Simberg. Are you with us, Doctor? Yes, Sharon. Good afternoon. Well, thank you for joining us. And um, I, I really was fascinated when I was reading about what you've been doing and your, your dedication to this. I could feel the tone of commitment. But tell us about before you got what you're doing today, what made you decide? And I always ask our guest this, Alan, it's, it's, uh, Dr. It, it's, it, people who listen know that a person who's committed to something, there was a reason why they chose to get involved with that mission. Uh, why did you get into uh, what What's your mission? Well, basically my mission is to give people as much information as I can that I believe will be helpful to their overall functioning. Basically, the way I got interested in this was initially I actually wanted to be a guidance counselor. And I was able to follow certain steps, and I did have some um, guardian angels along the way helping me to achieve that goal. And then after I accomplished that goal, I became physically ill with the flu. And at that point in my life, I didn't know anything about alternative health and supplements and herbs or anything like that. So after I got well and I I took a round of antibiotics, I still wasn't feeling well. And there was a teacher in the school where I was a guidance counselor who had a lot of knowledge about alternative health. So she directed me to the health food store. And I went there, and one of the things that struck me about that experience was that the clerk behind the desk basically filled up half the counter with several bottles of supplements. Not knowing exactly what was going on, I decided to take them and see what would happen. I started feeling better, but at the same time, I started to think to myself, how could someone know what I need? Right. It just didn't make sense to right. me you know, that everyone would need the same exact thing. So that started me on my journey of exploring healthy eating, taking supplements, herbs. And basically, it's been a series of steps. And then what I've learned along the way is that each thing that I wanted to do, so for example, becoming a guidance counselor, wanting to be a licensed marriage and family therapist, wanting to become a licensed chemical dependency counselor. There wasn't anything that happened in a vacuum. Everything really depended on everything else. So what I decided to do, it was probably around 2007. Again, I became physically ill, but this wasn't the flu. I had what's commonly referred to as chronic fatigue. And I wasn't able to work for quite some time. And again, by a series of really guide, what I consider guided steps, I came across a health practitioner who was of a lot of help to me. And he asked me a question as I was going through my treatment with him. And he basically said, how would you like to do what I do? And I just lit up when he said that. And he basically told me how I could get the training to do it. And I went on and I got certified as an applied clinical nutritionist. And now basically what I do in the practice 
is I combine nutrition with the mental health counseling that I do because how can someone really know how to take care of themselves if all they learn is how to talk about it? If they're not feeling well, it has to have an impact. And, of course, there are several, several ways that we can look at, for example, depression. Depression can be a reaction to something that happens in your life, but it also can be an underactive thyroid. So I've always been the type of person that I always wanted to look at the most thorough way that I could be of help. So I decided that if I could provide the clients to come to see me with a comprehensive approach, they would have the best chance of achieving all of their goals in the quickest amount of time possible. You know, Doctor, we've had on the show, and to let you know about my my field and my research, many years ago, over 30 years ago, I began to study dehydration for uh, and stress. And uh, what, the, what is the relationship to dehydration causing stress? And today, as of now, um, from what I do and recognize around the world for dehydration, uh, is that when we're talking nutrition, uh, people have got to realize that our earth at the mo- has been changing since the beginning of the moment it began. And uh, the dehydration effect of our lives and our bodies and the air we're living in is so in an endangered crisis because, of the, number one, I would say the lack of education about our health and what is causing it more simply with common sense. And when you decided to go after some common sense, because nutrition, I've had doctors from all worlds of science from all over the world, and people have said that nutrition can be connected to why we have so many people in prisons. Nutrition could be connected to blindness. Nutrition could be connected to so many different diseases. And then also, of course, stress. Uh, stress is a dehydrator, and uh, dehi- the dehydration of the body could cause the stress too. And it's almost like, doctor, why is it sometimes you find yourself, all of us, find ourselves, well, I handled a stress level really good that day, but maybe the next day we didn't so well. Maybe we should stop and think about what we were eating because what you eat is who you are. But the dehydration of those 50 trillion cells with water and the hydration of that cell is vital to detoxify. So if we're not eating correctly, and this has been a very exciting new development with different universities and scientists from all over the world diving into what you just said, diet, nutrition, what we're eating, what we're putting inside that mouth is so important. I completely agree. And I'd like to start by making a comment to follow up on what you said about the importance of water. I think one of the reasons why people underestimate the importance of water is I think it's something that we take for granted. You know, it's readily available, and we seem to not be too concerned about how much water we have until the water pipes break outside our homes. Right. And then all of a sudden we don't get water for a couple of days. Also, I'm like, what happened to the precious water? Right. And I think another part of that also is people need to be educated 
about all the things that water do, it exactly. does for us. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's just, yeah. it, it's so fascinating to me. One of the things I do is I work with people who have been injured on the job. So I work with people who have chronic pain. And when I tell them about the importance of drinking water as a way of helping to alleviate their pain, they look at me like I'm crazy. I know. I know. Doctor, it, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, our forefathers have done amazing things for us to get yeah. us to be living uh, the directions we're trying to go with so much knowledge. But for some reason, they left the water behind. Uh, they invented the frying pan and they invented buildings and they invented all these things of medications, the quick fix stuff. But they forgot about the, how valuable. I think they always thought, and I could be, I've been studying for over 30 years, that when the rain comes down, there will always be water. And they weren't realizing in some parts of the world the rain doesn't come down that frequently. Uh-huh. And uh, but again, uh, you're right about the, the lack of education. And then also, uh, I have been pointing out to our doctors and our medical teams all over the world that the education when a person goes to see the doctor, they should always say, "Do not take that one tablet whatsoever, even a supplement, without drinking a glass, a full glass of water per one." They cannot take tablets together. I'm a believer of uh, don't take those tablets together unless there's a way that they were invented to be taken together, and that was the purpose. But you're right about water. Uh, and I know uh, we've talked about in blindness uh, the fact that we're learning more about the human eye organ at the surface of the eye is 98% water. And when that eyelid is open, it's dehydrating out of control because of the, there's not enough clean humidity for absorption the way it used to be. And we're finding that drinking water and supplementing water is vital to health. But now when you're talking nutrition, uh, we've had on here a very interesting um, guest. Uh, In Oregon, we have a bread company called Dave's Killer Bread. And I had Dave on my show a few years ago right after he launched it. And Dave's story is he was in prison off and on for many years with addiction. And finally, he got to where he wanted to start thinking about his diet inside prison and exercise. So when he got out of prison, his family had been in the bakery business since the 50s. He started these whole grain seed breads. They're full. They're unbelievable. Uh, doctor, when you lift the bread up, you feel the lift. There's mm-hmm. different ones, and they're, they have seeds and all kinds of goodies in the bread, healthy and he said, your health is what you're eating. And he knew, learned that. So he could beat addiction. And, of course, he's not, because he was on a, addiction for so long, he's under a medication. He'll probably have to take the rest of his life. But as long as he's, and he's become one of the most successful bread companies in the country, Costco carries it. I could go on and on. It's just exciting. But now you're dealing with something that I find, and we've all had it close to home in our families or somehow, the word addiction, doctor. And the, the drinking water, yes, is vital, but also the food. People don't realize maybe what you're eating, you're allergic to. And to me, I've learned in my research, doctor, addiction means you have an allergic reaction to something. They call it a disease, so that confuses me. Everything is a disease, an itch on the toe. But how do you deal with uh, the problems of addiction with nutrition? 
Well, I really appreciate you asking me that question because I have such a strong belief that although the traditional medical model can be helpful to a certain extent in helping to alleviate addiction, I really believe that nutrition and stress management is the key. Yes. Yes, it is. And and another thing that I always tell people in answering your question even further is that I don't look at people and I don't talk with people from the perspective of the traditional medical model. Good. Because, you know, because it talks about disease. I know. You know, and another part of and that... And we're inundated with is, the, you know, everything's a disease. Yeah, everything's a disease. It's di- almost every, like there's know, a higher power above us picking out each one of us to have the disease. Yeah. So what I do is I start to do my best to help people to change their perspective. Mm-hmm. And basically the way I explain it is my view of what the traditional medical model calls disease is really nothing more than being out of balance. Exactly. And if people can identify what it is that's causing them to be out of balance and also the strategies that can help them to get back into better balance, because I don't think anyone can be in balance 100% all the time. That's what do we realistic. call it a formula? The, the word strategy is even so used today, but maybe there's a formula that they need to learn that is a powerful um, uh, formula that each person has to learn for themselves individually. Exactly, exactly. Because another thing about our society is we want the answers quick. Yeah, we, we do. Our way. <laughs> You know, if we've had anything happen in our society in the last 50 years, it's been, can you do it quick? Mm-hmm. And my way. Called quick fix. Oh, yeah. Make me comfortable. I want to have a quick fix. Yeah. And, and then they wonder what addiction is. Mm-hmm. I'm coming to you for help, and I'm going to tell you what I need. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and, I want to and we're all guilty in some way. Yep. And why is it not working? Right, right. Well, you know, to be fair to all the med, uh, the food companies and to be fair to all the drug companies, I've always said to everybody, well, first of all, w- w- when you buy something to eat, did you have a period of time if it didn't taste good, you wouldn't buy it anymore? So the company that made it for you to taste good, where the, their stock went up, uh, over on the uh, medical side, uh, people went to the doctor, like you just said, doctor, can you do this with a quick fix? I have no patience anymore with this. And they don't wait to go in until it's almost too late. In other words, it's been going on for a while. So they go to the doctor as if the doctor is the God and uh, give me a quick fix from the medical field that you're representing and I'm going to make you responsible if, if this doesn't work the way I want to or I have a reaction to it. Um, the people have got to grow up. And, and be mature, and uh, that's where education is so important to help them do that. Yes, I, I think one of the things that we're struggling against is years and years of misinformation, information that's geared to make you think the way I want you to think, so you'll buy what I want you to buy and do what I want you to do. And the more 
people get frustrated, the more they're willing to listen to what almost anybody will say. So another thing that I always do when I work with people is I always explain my rationale and I always tell people, I will never tell you what to do, but I will tell you what I think. There, and that's, it's up that's to what you. I like. Yes, that's what I'd like to say too. I'd like you to think about something is what I say. Uh-huh. And but I'm I'm not as smart as a lot of people, doctor. I have to study everything. I mean, I am so into research, research, study, study, study. So if I've said I would like you to think about something, I'm kind of hoping that whatever I say, you will go and research also. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about uh, the nutrition. You're telling them to drink water, your uh, patients, but what are, you, what are you saying about the diet? What are you recommending? Well, the, the first thing that I always do almost regardless of the situation that the person is originally coming to see me about, is I talk about the importance of being able to manage stress. And I talk about stress handling in relation to nutrition, the way we think, exercise, our spiritual values. And I kind of look at the body as I would look at a car. If the car doesn't get proper fuel and proper maintenance, it's not going to run very well or perhaps for very long. Well, I believe the same thing is true about the body. So one of the first things I talk about with people is blood sugar. And basically what I explain to them is that, number one, your blood sugar needs to be within a proper range more often than not. When that does not happen, it affects your energy level and it affects your ability to manage stress. The other thing I tell them, which seems to shock a lot of people, is that if your blood sugar is out of range for a long enough period of time, eventually your hormones will go out of range. Right, that's right. And that just contributes to so many problems. Well, what I learned, and um, I'm very fortunate to have a medical uh, team back up and research going on all the time, is what happens if the person is not drinking adequate water and they're not eating the proper food, the toxin in the cells, those 50 trillion cells, will not be able to release. And doctor, the skin has to be uh, their, their method of release. No different than you look at the soil in your, uh, in, in the, on the our earth and you can see which soil is a, uh, has a healthier soil. And uh, so when people don't look at the skin as a very important part of their health, it's got to detoxify, it's got to absorb hydrogen, oxygen, and um, the humidity from outside the skin, but it's also got to have the water intake inside the body. So if they're not getting adequate water to drink, and then they're not getting living in an area that's suitable and healthy humidity, those people are more prone to toxin backup, and you know that as well as I do. That's the frightening, and that's why that carbohydrate becomes, and I'm a little more blunt than a lot of you people are, I call it manure in the cells, toxin. It, it, it cannot release. And it ke- creates a heat, a carbohydrate, heat, 
and then all of a sudden it grabs onto the next cell, and then all of a sudden you have a, man- a manipulating of cells that the person is being controlled by that uh, heat in there and the fact that it's not getting released. And, of course, then the body begins to swell up in different parts of the body, and the brain is affected by it. And I'm sure you know this, but the brain and the eyes and the womb are connected at the same moment. When that baby is born in that delivery room, at that moment, comes out of the pocket of water, those, that brain and those eyes are together. And the brain being mostly water and the eyes at the surface being 98% water, the body 80 to 90%. You're right on with your patients uh, about what you're trying to tell them. And now, do they follow your instructions? Because it's not expensive. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We're talking about eating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and uh, drinking well, water, you know, in America, yeah. you have to go to the tap. Yeah. Well, you know, of course, the two things that I think are the biggest deterrents to people going along with what I say, or at least some people going along with what I say in the very beginning, is people are used to being a certain way. And it generally takes people a while to change their habits. And what I believe really helps people to change their habits, number one, is to begin considering a different way to think. And then also to experiment. I never ask people to change 100% from the first visit to the second visit. I say experiment. Try something. Let's even identify what's something that seems reasonable for you to try. And then notice how you're feeling now. And notice if you're going to do this for the whole week, notice how you feel when you come back here. And notice any changes that happen. Because I think it's really important, this is basically what I say to them one way or another, you need to be the explorer. You need to be the scientist for your own change and your own healing. Doctor, you just said some magic things there. We've got to take a moment for our sponsor, and we're going to be right back. But I like what you said. You are the explorer. You're your own, um, the individual that you are is going to be where you're going to go. And and you need to, uh, to uh, learn how to be more of that uh, uh, scientific explorer on a mission. Hang on to that one because uh, we're going to come back and we'll find out what you're uh, learning, what you're doing with your patients there. We'll listen to our sponsor and we'll be right back with Dr. Simberg. <laughs> The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You're listening. 
listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. Sinberg, when you were talking about when your patients come to you, you're getting that trying to show them that there's a direction of freedom of choice that doesn't cost any money for them to explore their own methods. So tell us how you go about that. Well, I basically explain to people that with the experience that I've had in working with other people who've had a similar complaint, similar problem, that I find that when they follow the guidelines that I suggest and the more consistent they are in following the guidelines, the better they start to feel, they start to feel better quicker, and how their feeling maintains itself over time. The improvement maintains itself over time. And, you know, I really, I like to have fun with the people that come to see me. And I basically tell them that I kind of consider it to be like a McDonald's Burger King society that we live in. You know, we want it quick and we want it our way. Oh, it tastes and, so good. <laughs> say it again, please. It's a, it's a sin. It tastes so good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I explain to them the reason that it tastes so good. Uh, you know, obviously, it's just my opinion. Other people may have other opinions. But what I also help them to understand from my point of view is that we all have an emotional connection to food. Yep. And... When people produce foods with the primary purpose being to sell it, they put ingredients in the food that make it more likely that you will develop your, ap- your appetite and your tongue will crave it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So my, my goal is always to educate, give people as much information as I can, never to convince but to provide information so people can use that information to make the decisions that they think would work best for them. Now, you know, I've had doctors on from Harvard and all over this country, and and I'm in the ophthalmology. I'm in the medical uh, field also with eyes, and um, I've been studying that for a long time, and, and I have an enormous amount of ophthalmologists by thousands involved in our company endorsing us. Um, we're really moving into diet and eyes too, doctor, and it's vital. And what now, we have, uh, I can say after you tell me, but when you're talking about the diet, are you giving them some guidelines on which diet to choose from, some of the diets to choose from? Yes, I do. Now, what are you recommending? Well, basically what I recommend is... I'm trying to think of how I can say this to you. Um, okay, it, it's kind of a paleo diet. That's not the diet I recommend specifically. Basically, what I recommend to people, and of course, depending on how much soda they're drinking and how much coffee they're drinking and so forth, is I recommend a way of eating. And I never, I never actually call it a diet. I call it a way of eating because. The term diet implies there's something you want to do, and most often it's related to losing weight. You eat a certain way, you lose the weight. association with the word diet, you're right. 
Yeah. And yeah. then you go back to eating the same way, and then you wonder why you put the weight on again. Nutrition is, uh, nutrition is, right. yeah. Right. Nutrition, it's a, it's a guideline for eating this way the rest of your life if it works for you. Mm-hmm. And basically what I recommend is the only source of carbs would be vegetables, salad, and some fruit. And then I recommend eating meat, fish, eggs. Um, I recommend that people stay away from dairy because a lot of people have sensitivities to dairy. And dairy can be very binding. And there are many health professionals that believe that the only person that needs milk is a baby. And the preferred source is the mother. Now, have you read the book, The China Study? No, I have not. There's another one. Write that down. And there's another one called Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease. Uh Uh-huh. Both of them are excellent books that we've had no end of authors on. But back to the China Study, it's getting into more of the vegan, the new Uh future of diet, and, you know, nutrition. And then the one to prevent and reverse heart disease, we've had that author on, very well-known man, becoming very, very exciting with the doctors around the country, um, very much toward vegan. Um, I've had doctors on my ophthalmology team uh, uh, throughout the country very much into uh, spreading the news and education about diet, diet. You call it, we all call it nutrition, nutrition, nutrition. You've just disciplined me today. I agree with you on the association with diet, the nutrition education. But anyway, um, very toward vegan um, because people are having a very difficult time digesting, like you said, the dairy products, the meats, uh, red meat especially, to digest them. You've got to digest everything you eat or it turns into that manure called toxin. Um, I call that coming through the pipes and in fact, my doctors will talk about it any another way, but I say the pipes of your body, like you just said about your car, the car has to be kept working order. If the pipes become clogged up, they're not going to digest their food. And that causes a lot of mental exhaustion and stress and pains in the body, too. You can get a lot of pain in the body when you've got a lot of toxin. Now, um, on the um, exercise um, and the diet, diet I've got, I've got, you're teaching me nutrition. I, I like the word nutrition. It's better. For exercise and nutrition and what about sleep? Uh, I've had uh, doctors on here about the, how important it is to learn how to get to sleep. Don't just think nature's going to put you to sleep, but learn how to sleep. What do you do about sleep so people get a proper rest at sleep? Well, First, I want to say that I completely agree with you about the importance of sleep. Without a good night's sleep, it makes it extremely difficult for the body to regenerate and heal from whatever stress it's experienced up to that point. Basically, what I recommend about sleeping is, of course, I go back to the idea of blood sugar that one of the reasons that people tend to wake up during the night is their blood sugar drops Mm -hmm. and the spike in hormones that bring the blood sugar back up Mm -hmm. also wake you up. So if someone's having a difficult time sleeping, of course I'll, I'll take a history and understand what it is they are doing 
so I can figure out where I might suggest they fill in some gaps that can be helpful. Another thing that I talk about is melatonin. And I talk about the idea of the body producing its own melatonin. But you also have to give it the opportunity to do that. And I recommend what I consider to be, I, I call it kind of an exercise. It's really just a practice of how people can put the rhythm of melatonin back in balance so that they have a better chance of sleeping. And basically what I recommend to people is that early in the morning, it could be anywhere between 7 and 9 o'clock, and it doesn't have to be particularly rigid. If it's earlier or a little bit later, that's certainly fine. But definitely before noon, that they go outside into the sunlight and not wear any glasses at all and sit there for about 10 or 15 minutes. And the reason I recommend that is because light signals the body to decrease the amount of melatonin that it produces. And then what I recommend... Let's back up for a second. That's excellent. Now, back up and explain to the audience about the different description of melatonin. The activity, the benefit of melatonin in the body. Where, where is that con- uh, melatonin effective to the brain? Is it effective to the liver? Explain it. I know it sounds like a little, but a lot of people have heard about melatonin but don't really understand it. Okay. Well, well, basically, melatonin has been referred to as the sleep hormone. And, and basically, melatonin helps the body and the brain to relax. It helps you to not have racing thoughts. Basically, it puts you into a state of relaxation so that your body then can go through the different phases of sleep. So if you don't have the proper amount of melatonin at the time that you're going to sleep, that can be another factor that contributes to your having difficulty either going to sleep or even staying asleep. And there's a lot of controversy about whether it's a good idea to take melatonin or not. And basically, my philosophy is do everything you can as naturally as you can. And by that, I mean depend on foods, water, vegetables, Mm -hmm. healthy habits in general, exercise. Because I believe that the body is meant to regenerate and to be healthy. Well, it's like our planet Earth. Yes. Uh, The planet, I keep a globe on my desk intentionally to remind myself I'm living with this Earth. Yes. And uh, as the planet Earth, uh, three billion years ago, had this water around it, water droplets, and all of a sudden came this organism of life. And it kept rejuvenating, rejuvenating. And when night falls, it's rejuvenating. And when daytime comes, it's going to another uh, rejuvenation. People have got to realize that they're living on Earth as a guest here to live with Earth and that they have to watch Earth and understand with what's happening with climate change, temperature change, and the way we're living here. Don't live just because somebody else next to you or you're a family friend or a family member or your love affair is living it one way. You have to realize how are you going to live on the planet Earth to make it work for you to be healthy as a health Olympics, to be in training, to think how to live. So you're right. Um, now, there is something there that the audience should be thinking about is the, the sunlight. 
Did you know way back in time, Doctor? They, I'm an old, I'm in my seventies. Way back in time, there were they believed in having sun lamps. Women would have sun lamps in their home in the winter time. Did you ever know that? Well, I didn't know it, but it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, they had an instinct, obviously, that they could sit under a sun lamp and 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 um, and, and feel better. And um, and there, as you know, in a lot of therapeutic areas, they have these new. Uh, in fact, we've had one of the founders of one of these particular lamps that people can, when you're sitting in a chair and you're going through certain therapies, you can have this particular type of lamp with a particular um, bulb uh, face toward you. Have you ever seen those? I haven't seen any in particular, but I've heard of it, and I'm also familiar with the idea of using particular types of light to treat depression. Yes. Right. Now, but we've gone to sleep and uh, the understanding of nutrition uh, and extra moderate exercise. But we have, but you know something to think about with people that have a, a bath at night. Did you know baths detoxify you? Showers don't. People got away from doctor uh, taking baths. Now, other countries of the world still take baths, but this country does not take a bath. And a bath will detoxify you. If you don't feel good or you're under pressure or stress, take a good old, not a hot tub, a good old-fashioned bath. Or if you don't like a bath, at least take a shower before you go to bed. But what are some of the tricks to before they go to bed that they can learn individually that can be the magic, uh, not just meditation or a private prayer, but is there something... Um, that they could have before they go to bed that maybe a uh, soothing tea or uh, something that is a dark chocolate, something that before they go to bed, that not a medication, that is kind of like some of the ideas that they could have, like I'm getting ready to go to bed, I, I am not as sleepy as I would think I would like to be to go right to sleep. What are some of those the secrets? Well, I think one of them is in order to help the melatonin come out in the proper amount that it needs to at night is when they go to sleep, to sleep in a room that is as dark as possible because darkness signals the body, signals the body to produce melatonin. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I always recommend to people is at least two hours before you go to sleep, do not watch anything that has anything to do with violence. Right. All right. And that could be the news. It doesn't have to be a movie. Mm-hmm. I also recommend maybe watching comedy. Oh, yeah. You know, something that's soothing and yeah. relaxing. Oh, there's nothing like laughter. And music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, music. Your earth has a rhythm. And people, if you walk outside and you stand there and you're, you take your hands and then move them away from your body and just start like you're taking a slow swim in the air and you feel that rhythm and then all of a sudden you listen to some music or somebody has something to make you laugh, you're picking up a rhythm that you're not going to be under the same stress. You're releasing stress. And, and really what you're also saying in a different way is bringing yourself into balance and into harmony with the earth. 
And what? And, and being in harmony with the earth. And harmony with the earth, right. Now, before you're done, we're done today, tell us, what do you, I, I've been watching uh, what is going on with our human life all over the world, but here in America, the frustration, the anxiety, the road rage, the all ages. What is your thinking on it? Uh, what is your value? What is your evaluation of it, personally? Well, basically what I see happening is there's a lot that we as humans need to do differently. And I believe that we're all here to learn lessons. And when we don't learn a lesson, it comes in stronger. And when we don't learn that lesson, it comes in even stronger. So I think what we're witnessing today is... Years and years and years of buildup of frustration and anger and also the result of an awful lot of thinking about ourselves, unfortunately, all too often, to the detriment of not considering what we say and do and how it affects everything. And I believe that by not considering the effects of our thoughts, of our behaviors, of what we say, that in a way we're actually producing the effects so that we can see as clearly as possible what it is we need to change. You know, one time many years ago, doctor, I said to somebody, uh, like I told you my age today, um, I said way back in time, what happened to good old-fashioned courtesy and manners? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a courteous person and you have manners, you get out of bed and you want to pay it forward. Yes, you're going to put your feet on the ground and go forward with life. And you're going to stumble. You're going to have moments. If, uh, and you know. But when you're well-behaved, polite, and considering other people's thinking with respect, and not expecting somebody to hand you every your life, but you're willing to work and earn respect with humbleness and humility. What ha- humility? What happened with good old-fashioned manners to help that? I think to put it quite simply, I think they've just been forgotten because what's happened is people have so much more stress to deal with today. And the stress that they're dealing with is not just they tried to go through the light and it turned red. It's not like they walked out of the house, a dog barked, they got past the dog, and then the danger or the perceived danger is over. People have so much stress in their life today. I think the breakup of family is a major contributing factor the economic situation. It's not the kind of stress that used to be many, many, many years ago where you'd have your stressful situation, you deal with it, and it's done. Today, people are living in varying degrees of stress and just getting more and more worn down. Um, You know, Doctor, I have an idea on something I want you to think about. Do you think it's because people believe more than ever in history somebody owes them something? I think there are some people that have that belief, and then they get angry when they don't get what they think they're owed. Right. They think somebody should take care of them, Mm -hmm. pacify it. Yep, you go first. 
you care about me, then maybe I'll care about you. Yeah, you proved to me that you can be, you know, I know. I've often wondered about it uh, because our forefathers did have to be more self-reliant, more self-taking care of themselves and survivalists. And today, more than ever in history, especially in our country, it's they want somebody else to take care of them and not take the responsibility for their own actions and their own behavior. Mm-hmm. But we're left with a minute here. Uh, how would you like to close the show today with your mission? <laughs> And you have your own radio talk show, too, don't you? Yes, I do. Yes, I'm I'm on Internet Radio. It's Life-Changing Insights with Dr. Alan Simberg. And my show is on every Tuesday from 3 to 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then uh, they can go to your website and learn more about uh, your therapeutic suggestions. Yes, and the website is alansimberg.com. Mm-hmm. And you live in Houston. And I live in Houston. I like I like Texas. You Texans are very special people. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. You have a nice day, and thank you for joining us today. You too, and thank you for having me on your show. Thank you. Be well. Well, every show I have said, embrace your life, and how serious that is. It's just like Dr. Alan Sinberg said today. He's a Ph.D. and he's in medical practice with therapeutic, uh, all kinds of ad- helping people, and addiction. And something that I've learned with about the thoughts of addiction, and so many of us have had effects of it, uh, been affected by someone or ourselves who've been people have been to have addiction. Is it please, please, please stop and think that you are so important and that if you feel that you have an addiction problem, that you will turn to 8 to 10 glasses of water a day, um, make sure that you're not drinking anything that stimulates, that makes you feel like you have to be compelled to crave. Uh, watch that diet. It's so important, like the doctor and I were saying today, good old vegetables and sal- especially arugula and spinach. My gosh, with with some fresh strawberries and blueberries and and there's ways to uh, to your body get to get that that doctor Sinberg said today get that balance it is so important to you and if you feel exhausted with stress go get lazy just sit still and enjoy the daylight or and do something that's pleasant not negative but embrace your life every precious moment but also make sure that you're doing somebody else's to respect them. But earth is whispering to us every day. Listen to the earth, the whisper. Don't say goodbye. Be sure and leave something for the rest of us or for everyone behind. So the earth is here for eternity. Let's get behind the values and understanding of the value of water, that living water for our everyday life that's been given to us as a gift from earth. And I call it God. I want to thank you for listening today. You have a special day and you be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. Thanks 
again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.